0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I have a very special guest today. As per usual, I've just been loving these conversations, the caliber of guests we've had on this year, and especially recently. And today's guest is certainly no exception. (laughs) So her name is Rachel. She is the founder of The Kennedy Curate, an American digital media platform focused on enriching the lives of unapologetically feminine millennial women. She collaborates with industry leaders and professionals such as lifestyle gurus, business leaders, world travelers, graphic designers, and every woman in between to unify the idea that being an unapologetically feminine woman is a superpower, which I could not agree with more. (laughs) Rachel fuses her background in computer software design and consumer behavior market research, with her drive to create and share stories that evoke aspiration and inspiration. Now she offers education on feminine entrepreneurship, SEO, and lifestyle, with her main goal to get women-led businesses to Google page one. So Rachel comes from very much a you know place of femininity, alignment, energy in her business, but she has an expertise in SEO or in search engine optimization, in case that's not something that you're familiar with. And these are, when it comes to marketing, these are the people I absolutely love to talk about because they understand the importance of energy and beliefs behind the physical actions that we're taking. And I loved, she drops so many, so much value in this episode, you guys. I loved learning more about search engine optimization from her because for me ease in my business and you know creating avenues where just allowing for things to work is it just feels so aligned for me at this point. I think all of us, you know, are really wanting our businesses to be all that we desire them to be, largely for freedom, right? Mainly for freedom. And freedom looks different to different people. But for me, I want to do, you know, one to three hours of work a day in my business and have it be wildly successful. And things like SEO are an avenue through which that becomes more believable and thus is able to manifest. And uh, I learned so much about SEO in this episode. I, I, I find it so, even though it's like, you know, kind of the coding side of things, it's a little bit more of that physical action, that marketing side of things and, and you know, tech stuff. I just p- listen to her talk about it and feel how freeing it is, how freeing it is to set up your business in a way that allows you to live your life and have things going on in the background working for you. And we live in an age where that is so, so possible. Um, and I just loved Rachel's energy. She is the definition of just boss. I don't even like to say boss babe because I don't know, to me that word babe is thrown around a lot and I don't personally identify with it, but just a boss CEO woman in her power, knowing what she has to offer, helping other women step into that power and creating huge success for herself and others in the process. So without further ado, here is my interview with Rachel Kennedy. You're listening to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Saunders. I'm a business and manifestation mentor for modern entrepreneurs who know that deep down there's a better, smarter, and easier way to manifest the next level success they desire. On this podcast, we explore a very different approach to growing your business and income quickly, and it has nothing to do with hustling hard or discovering the perfect marketing strategy. By understanding the power of my thoughts and training myself to think in energetic alignment with the reality that I desired, I went from teacher to 20 and $30,000 months in just two years in my online business. If there's one thing I know to be true, it's that we're each vastly capable of creating hugely successful businesses that light us up and set us free. I'm here to share with you the knowledge and strategies needed to manifest the success you want. I truly believe that you can become, create, and achieve anything you desire, and it's just a matter of changing your thoughts in order to change your life. So let's get started. Hello Rachel. Welcome to the Aligned Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Hi Lauren. Thank you so much for inviting me. I love that in the title is the word aligned. Like I already <laughs> know this is going to be so much more than just like a business discussion. This is going to be so much more than that.
0: I actually get that from the guests so often. Like I saw the name of the podcast and was like, okay, I think I need to be on that one. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. Like okay. This is good. I mean, isn't it? just perfect that the name of it speaks to the people that it's, you know, meant to attract. Exactly. (laughs) 100%. Love that. And uh, yeah, I can already tell this is going to be a great um, conversation because you're someone, I mean, on this podcast, we talk a lot about obviously the energy side of things, but I've also really believed that equipping entrepreneurs with the know-how and the marketing strategies that feel aligned for them is a very important part of the puzzle, and I know that you've got a lot of experience in both. So maybe you could just um, introduce yourself and let us know who you are and what it is that you do as an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I am Rachel Kennedy. I am the founder of The Kennedy Curate. I founded it in 2008, started as a travel blog, and it eventually just became this collection of me talking about all the things I was learning as a person traveling and being an expat. I lived in Europe for a little while and then moving all around the United States. And I, as a blogger, you always think, oh, I need to be a specific type of blogger. I need to blog about a specific type of thing. But I realized there were so many different interests I had. I mm-hmm. thought, what if I just kind of make it a curated collection? You know. So that was kind of where that came about. And then as the blog started to get really successful and I was closing some pretty incredible deals with really big brand names like from like Google, American Express, Bulgari, Sephora. Instagram started to pop off. So this was about 2015 mm-hmm. and I had no followers on there. I was not paying any attention to Instagram and I had so many people ask me how are you getting all these huge collabs with you know no social media presence and I was like, "Oh, it's my blog." And then I realized the reason the blog was doing so well was something called search engine optimization. Like all of my content was popping up online. So I was getting reached out by brands and I was able to show them the numbers I was getting and the sales conversions I was making just from my website traffic. And that's how I was landing all those deals. And I knew the way that I was getting all of that traffic was something called search engine optimization or SEO. But I realized the more questions I got from online entrepreneurs, coaches, uh, speakers, just people who had like a brick and mortar store that then had a website that they were trying to make e-commerce sales, bloggers, creatives. They had these beautiful websites. You know, they would invest all this money in a gorgeous website, in a brand photo shoot, and, you know, they would create courses and all this stuff, but they weren't getting any traffic on them Mm -hmm. because the website itself wasn't actually connected to the Google algorithm. So in 2015, I started... Researching how can I package the knowledge I have about SEO and make it into something that I could copy-paste, like teach to people that they could do it themselves. So I kind of dabbled around with that for a little while, but then when the pandemic shut everything down, I was like, Rachel, this is the time. Like you... <laughs> people need this information now yeah. and you know you yeah it, the pandemic actually pushed me to finally launch the curated SEO method which is the agency i now run have for i guess a year and a half now and it basically it's one of those stories you hear like oh it took off overnight it was 10 years in the making but yeah. it, <laughs> but it took off overnight because the pandemic was this catalyst and i felt i felt called to share what i knew because I, it's weird. I've heard people say this before and I never understood what they meant until it happened to me. You feel guilty for not taking that first step. You feel like there is this knowledge I have. And if I don't figure out a way to share it, other people Mm. are going, are not going to have it. And I just felt so called to do that. So it's funny because the first year I didn't sell anything. I didn't even try to, the course, which is still online is a hundred percent free. I've never charged for the course. And I've had Thousands of people go through it at this point telling me, you literally saved me from like stopping, shutting everything down and like trying to do something else because I couldn't figure out what to do. So I think that really pushed me to keep going and then launch the agency, which, you know, I now serve female entrepreneurs one-on-one with creating SEO strategies for their businesses. But that's that's me. in 3 minutes.
0: Wow. I love <laughs> how it's
1: how it started how it's going.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know, putting that into 3 minutes is a skill. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> figured it out yet. Um so I just want to back
1: up a little bit. How did you learn about SEO? So it was kind of I will have to say it was an accident because whenever I started blogging, this was 2008. So there yeah. weren't WordPress I don't know if it existed or not, but there weren't templates where you could go to Etsy, you could go to all these places, you can get all these beautiful templates. I literally had to code from scratch using like HTML and all this stuff, the website. And so I was like, well, if I want a website, I have to figure out how to do this. Like there's, it wasn't, I really didn't think of it as a hang up. It was just like, oh, if I want this, I have to learn this Mm -hmm. skill. Like there's nobody, there's no way around it. So in teaching myself that I figured out a lot of what makes a website work in general and so seeing the back end technical side of things I, it dawned on me how it worked and so i just did all this research about algorithms in general and what optimization meant and ba- basically how the google algorithm worked and the google google hasn't actually been around that long it had only been around since I mean, it hadn't been around as a search engine where people could type words into a website and then find things. That was a relatively recent invention. So I think the reason that it came so easily to me was because I was growing up alongside of Google. So I saw every update. And then every single time there was an update, I would just adjust things on my website and kind of beta test back and forth what was working and what was not. And during that process, because I'd been on there so long, when I finally... I actually never pitched to Google. I've worked with them three or four times on projects and uh, they've always come to me, which I thought was really cool, (laughs) which I thought was really cool, but it was easy because I'd been around so long. So I... I think I would love to say, you know, oh, I planned it all out from the beginning, but it really was one of those accidental
0: <laughs> things. No, that, I I like it more when it's like, well, it kind of just happened. <laughs> yeah.
1: And <laughs> it felt very intuitive to me. I as younger, when I was younger than when I moved to Europe, I was very fascinated with languages and communication. And I thought something that was so funny was when I lived in Germany, I never learned to speak German proficiently. But <laughs> if I discovered very quickly that if you tried If you at least tried to speak German, then they were much more apt to like helping out. And then because I was around German so much, I started to develop this weird, wasn't weird, but it just sounded, I sounded like a German person trying to speak English after a while. So (laughs) I developed this like German accent on top of my American accent, which oddly enough also helped me communicate a lot because the Germans, when they spoke English, they had a German accent. So if you speak English to a German in a German accent, it's like its own weird language. <laughs> and I always say, and I think I always say that that search engine optimization is a language. Like it's a mm. it's Google's love language. That's how what I call it. And once I made that connection, that actually helped me write the course because I was like, how do you explain how again how an algorithm works in a non-technical way to creative people without sounding Incredibly boring. Like even I was bored trying to figure out how to explain this. And I was like, wait, it's a language. I was like, okay, language have certain rules and taxonomies and things that do and don't work. And if I can explain it that way, I think I can make this work. So that was kind of how it developed. In,
0: um, <laughs> I was just gonna say I love that because I think search engine optimization it does sound like very daunting, dry. Yeah. Not things that aligned entrepreneurs are like, you know, (laughs) well, I was just so inspired by SEO, you know, like, yeah. Um, and actually for people that maybe don't know what it is, what is your like, you know, elevator pitch in terms of what SEO even is and what it does for people's businesses, specifically online entrepreneurs.
1: Right. Of course. Okay. So SEO is a short term for search engine optimization and all it is, is making sure in two parts, one is making sure that the technical back end of your website is actually connected to the Google algorithm so that Google knows that you exist. So it's kind of like, putting up a billboard for your business on the side of the highway. Like You might be the best website. You might be the best business that ever existed. But if if nobody knows that you're there, they can't find you and purchase your products. So on the technical side, you do things like making sure that your website is set up to have certain fields where you can enter in keywords. So for example, if I go to Google and I search um, bougie collagen... (laughs) feel like that's a super huge thing right now is like putting (laughs) collagen and everything, at least for millennial women. If I search like bougie collagen, there's like bunch that come up, you know, there's like vital proteins and like the dose and co and there's different ones that come up. The reason I'm able to find them is because on their website somewhere, they've put the word collagen and maybe in their social media, because bougie is like a trendy keyword, they might be using the word bougie too. So as a, Millennial, they know who their target audience is, and they know what types of words I'm using when I search for something. So you do a little bit of research, you find out what kind of words your target audience is using, and then you put those words into the back end of your website. So there's that part. So it's there's the technical part, and then you would make sure that you let Google know you exist. So essentially, you're setting up uh, Google Analytics. All of these are free things. Google Analytics. Google Search Console, submitting a sitemap to Google. And those things are technical, but they are free. Anyone can do them. It (laughs) may take a few hours to figure out, but anybody can do that. And then the second part the second part is making sure that you have enough content on your website so that when people search for things, you pop up. So, for example, if you're selling collagen, maybe talk about how you can add it to different recipes like a latte recipe or how to bake it into brownies? Or did you know that you can actually make do this with it? So putting enough content on your website, using those keywords to make sure people know what you can do with your product or why they should buy it or how it's going to transform their lives. So those are the two parts of what search engine optimization is. So if you actually go to the Google blog, they give some really great advice about how to create good content. And one of the things they say over and over is make content for your audience first and the algorithm second. So as long as you are making sure that the research you're doing about your audience is correct, and you're creating content that is serving them and answering a lot of questions, addressing their pain points, um, validating their fears showing them what kind right. of transformation they're going to have. That's search engine optimization. It's really knowing who your ideal client is and then meeting them in that place that makes them feel seen, heard, appreciated, and served.
0: Yeah, and what I love about what you're saying is like, a lot of people listening are um, – in the online space. And Mm -hmm. they're likely already doing this, but maybe they're not doing it actually on their website. Like I know for me, everything you just said in terms of speaking to people's pain points, talking about the transformation, um, validating their struggle, that's, everything that I do inside of like launching a new program or a new course, except that I'm mostly just sharing it through emails and mm-hmm. through Instagram, which can only reach your existing people, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to having it say in like a blog post, which is, this is something I need to implement and I've been thinking about it for a while. So I'm getting a lot from this conversation. Thank you. <laughs> we'll talk
1: after. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, I know. I'm already like, okay, writing down your website. I, because s- I saw
1: is- one of your, your work in Woo. Um one of your courses and I was like, I was literally reading it. And I was like, she needs to turn this into a blog post. <laughs> <laughs> I was like reading the copy. I was like, this could be a piece of evergreen content. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> well, I, and that's like, I'm really streamlining my business right now. Mm-hmm. Like I, and what I need, and I think probably a lot of people listening are likely in the same boat where like I've built out my body of work. I've got it. Yeah. And I know You've how to write. Compelling. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like I could I could post a new blog post every day for the next year and never write another word. Like not have <laughs> to write another word. Like that's how much content there is. But none of it is being used to really attract new people to my audience, which is such a missed opportunity. And I'm really seeing that. So Essentially, what you're saying is, like, someone goes to Google, and I remember, you know, you're talking about how Google is a relatively new thing. I remember when search engines were, like, you would go, I don't even remember where it was, but you'd go to a website, and it would show you, like, eight different search engines that you could choose from. (laughs) I remember those days, and there was all these different ones, and, like, it seems so bizarre to me now. But anyway, so someone would go to, to Google, and if I had, you know, blog posts on my website that was, say... I've actually written one before for somebody else, never put it on my own website, of course, but that's like five key um, teaching points to developing a course that sells online. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's something that people search. (laughs) And if I did it correctly and, you know, with uh, the help of someone like you who knows a lot about this, because I know it is this art form, especially like front page Google search Mm -hmm. results, Um, and people are in Google and they're searching for... You know how to build an online course, and I pop up. Well, now that's an opportunity, right? That's an mm-hmm. opportunity for them to find me, to find my content, to potentially find, you know, my body of work, and so on and so forth. Um, you were talking about evergreen
1: content. Can you explain what that? what that means. Yes. A hundred percent. So I know exactly what you're talking about. We're saying like there's an art form to it because yes. it's a really, so this is the technical side of the SEO. Like, okay. A lot of people listening, your creators, you've got your messaging down, you know who your ideal client is. You have products. None of that's your problem. So it's more the technical side of things. And I'm going to break it down a little bit. This might get a little tech heavy. No, but- this is so good. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm good. If you don't mind, <laughs> please, please. I love going on podcasts and just chatting in general, but I'm also kind of like, If people are willing, I'll give you like a technical strategy. Like you're going to – it's going to have to break it down though. (laughs) Here's what I
0: always say because people listening know that I'm all about mindset. But the thing about mindset, there's a lot of people that just teach mindset. Yeah. And I'm like, but you have to know the how at some point. Yes. Most of us anyways. I mean, there's always those stories of people who – just like knew nothing and did nothing, and it all still worked. Like that was for me. Us, yeah, well, <laughs> well, exactly. For us mere mortals, <laughs> it actually really helps to have an idea of what it could look like. You know, some yes. of the actions that we could take, especially when it comes to having the identity of a successful business owner, online business owner, means that you have some knowledge oh, of yeah, how to build an you? online business. So we're here for it. Please go right ahead. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay, hundred percent. So. One of the main things to do is make sure, first of all, your website actually has the capability to connect to Google. So without being able to show screenshots or anything, and actually, if you if anybody wants to go to the link in my Instagram bio, Lauren, I'm sure, will provide the link yes, and stuff. Yes, yes, absolutely. There's, there's just like the free SEO course I was mentioning. There are screenshots in there of the back end of the website of where exactly these things are that I'm talking about. So... What you would want to make sure is that you have a website like Squarespace or Shopify or WordPress. Those are the three biggest ones. They they work very well with the Google algorithm. There are multi-million dollar websites run on Squarespace and Shopify and WordPress. Most of the websites that you know of are run on WordPress. I think something like 90% of the websites on Google page want to run by WordPress. You can Google, Google I'm it, like, but it's something crazy oh. like that. So I'm, I'm like so WordPress, like, let's just move that, immediately move that out of our way and say like, okay, okay. if I'm going to set myself up for success, like, let's just go ahead and go with that. So on the, on- I'm laughing
0: because I use Wix. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so step one. Okay, We're got definitely it. Definitely go. going
1: to talk after this. <laughs> Um, so the reason I say that is because WordPress has built in fields on the back end that automatically connect to Google. Okay. So all you have to do is basically activate them. So there's a couple of different ways you can activate these fields. One is with a plugin called, um, oh shoot. It's called. AOS SEO. I look at it so many times a day that I don't even remember <laughs> what it's called. Like this is whenever I have a new client, this is literally like I go into the back end of their website and this is the step-by-step process that I do. We go in and we we connect this plugin. And what it does is it it lights up, it opens up all of the back end fields on your website that that let Google know what your Website is, what the content is about, where you're located, what products you provide, everything. So it opens up those fields. And then you can go into those fields on the back end and start typing in your keywords, your descriptions of what your products are. You would put in descriptions of your images. So for example, let's say there's a photo of you that you want to show up in Google search results. It's maybe a photo of you at your laptop. And above it is like three words. And it says, how to create courses that sell. So on the back of that photo with the fields activated, you would type something like Lauren Saunders, how to create courses that sell. That way Google knows what the image is. Google doesn't have eyes, it's not a person. All it knows is letters and numbers. So you need to tell Google what the images are about so that they can put mm-hmm. it in search results for images. Then when you're going into the back end of the actual blog post that you are publishing, you know, you're know you maybe talking about five five steps to creating a course that sells. You're going to want to do a couple of different things. So this is where the technical side comes in. This is kind of separate from your copy, but there is going to be a little bit of copywriting involved. So what you would do is you would choose a couple of different places in the blog post where your keyword is going to show up. You don't want to overdo it with the keywords because then it just kind of comes across as spammy. It's not very easy to read. So again, keep in front of mind, how is the easiest way for me to write this where my reader is going to enjoy it, but Google also knows what the article is about. So the first place you would put your keywords would be in the title of your blog post, making sure that one or two of the main keywords of what you're talking about is in there. So course creation or something like that. And then underneath that, you can write out a header title. So it's going to be an H1 tag is what you're going to choose when you're writing that. So if you're ever going into the back end of blog post and it gives you all these options like H1, H2, H3, paragraph, bullet point... Those are actually signals to Google. They don't really have a whole lot to do with how the reader actually looks at it, except for maybe dividing it up into a way that just looks pretty. So for example, if you open up a book, it says like, here's the glossary, and then this is the chapter, and the chapter font is a little bit bolder, so you know, oh, this is the information we're about to dive into. And then the actual body, the, the font is a little bit smaller so that you know, okay, until I get to this point where the font size changes, I know we're talking about this. It's essentially the same thing. So you're kind of signaling to Google, okay, here is a topic. I'm going to talk about this for a while. Then as soon as the font size changes, Google knows that we've now entered another section, maybe a different topic of information. Got it. So changing the font size, choosing to use an H1 tag whenever you're talking about a new topic. So for example, maybe the first paragraph you would say, today we're going to talk about five ways to make a course that sells, and these are these are the main points, and then you would put a bullet point list. So if you ever Google something, like let's say you Google how to bake a cake, you're gonna see several different types of search results. And I think with this actual search result, the same article shows up in multiple different places. I think an image from the article shows up in image results, a bullet point list of steps shows up, but then also the first paragraph of how to bake a cake shows up further down on the page. And the reason they were able to snag those top three spots with a bullet point list, an image, and a paragraph is they have those in the article. So not only do they have a paragraph talking about baking the most delicious cake you've ever had, but then they also repeated with a bullet point list of what the steps are to actually baking the cake. So that's what Google looks for is they look for very specific, detailed instructions of how to do whatever it is you're talking about, formatted in a way that plays well with the type of search results they show. So if you want to show up in video image results, if you want to show up as a bullet point list result, if you want to show up as a paragraph, if you want to show up as an image, make sure you actually have those things in the article itself. Got it. So it's a, it's mostly about formatting the content is helping you get to Google page 1. So formatting the correct way so that you have a better chance of showing up in multiple different search results as well as putting in the correct keywords. So you're going to put the keywords in the title, the meta description. So the meta description is when you copy and paste a URL that you're like sharing a friend in an Instagram DM or you're sharing on a Facebook post, you notice that the title comes up, but then a smaller string of words comes up under it that kind of says a little bit more about it. For example, let's say you're saying five ways to create a course that sells. Your meta description would be did you ever think that you could never make a course that sells, it, or could you imagine it could be as easy as five steps? Find out how in this article. It's a you know five-minute read. That gives you a little bit more extra information about it. So that's what the meta description is. It's a slightly longer string of words where you're going a little bit deeper into why people want to click on it. Like, what's the transformation I'm going to get right. from this? So not only are you going to tell people how to do it, but you're going to convince them that it's possible for them to do. So not only are people getting an answer, but they're also getting a, a kind of a, a transformation at the same time. So after you've put your keyword in the title, the meta description, then you're going to want to make sure that their your keywords are at least... Somewhere in that first paragraph. So you would also want to use the word like course creation or course creation checklist or how to course creation somewhere in that first paragraph. And then besides that, you just want to make sure your keywords, like for example, let's say your brand is your name. You want to make sure your name is in the title description of the image. So you're not stuffing in the keywords too many places. You're only putting them in the places where the Google algorithm needs to know what your content is about. Then you're making sure to put the keywords somewhere in the body of the text so that they realize she didn't just say that this is what it was about, that the copy in the actual blog post actually does also have those keywords. Okay, this is legit show it on Google page one. So you're just sending signals to, to Google while making sure that the meat of the article really is just about serving your client and teaching them whatever it is you want to teach them. So that's the technical side of the content creation. And then, okay. yeah, so the, I would say that those are the those are the main things to consider is your keywords, making sure your keywords are very specific and making sure that you're not overstuffing them multiple too many times into your copy, and then just making sure they're in title, meta description, images, and then somewhere in that first paragraph. And that those are really the first steps. But I also know that you you mentioned earlier about like how do you find the keywords? Like how do you know? So I want to mention too, if anybody's trying to figure out where do I go to find the words my ideal client are using, you can go to AnswerThePublic.com and you can type in a keyword you think is going to be something your ideal client's looking for. And it will give you a little, well, it's not a little, it's a pretty big list of all the search queries that are going into Google that content hasn't been created yet to answer those questions. And then you can just start creating based on what's missing basically. So it kind of gives you a a reverse map. It doesn't show you everything that exists. It shows you everything that doesn't exist. So You might be able to even find a topic that is a high volume search topic that you didn't realize your readers were asking about. So answerthepublic.com, that's one of my favorite websites to refer to people when they're trying to figure out, what do I even write about? (laughs) But the great thing about that is that search query that you put in, it gives you dozens and dozens of ideas. So maybe every six months, you even have to kind of pull a little report for yourself. And I love it because you don't even have to come up with new content. Like your readers, like your ideal client, is telling you what they want to know about, and then you just make the content to match that.
0: Right. Well, so first of all, I just want to thank you for all. Like this is invaluable, and you have a free course. You said
1: yes. Mm-hmm. If you go to the link in my Instagram bio, there is a button there where you can sign up for the course. And what happens is it triggers a series of emails. So every day for seven days, you get a twenty-minute like video lesson. They're pre-recorded with a downloadable, kind of like a, you don't have to print it, but it's like a downloadable with a checklist and the takeaway points of the lesson and like specifically what you can do to apply whatever I talk about in the video lesson to your website, like that day. So it's every day for seven days, 20 minute lessons. And at the end of seven days, you kind of go from knowing what the heck is SEO to, oh my gosh, like At least now, if I hire somebody to do this for me, I'm going to know if they're actually doing anything helpful and useful. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to do their own SEO strategies because it does take a lot of work. However... My thing is don't hire somebody to do something if you don't at least know what they should be yeah. doing. <laughs>
0: I agree. I agree everything i've I've passed off in my business, which i lo- I love hiring people. yeah, like, I love you know being able to have support from people but it's always been things that I've learned how to do first and I think that that is really, really important. So thank you just for bringing that down for people. and mm-hmm. I mean, the thing about all of this that actually really interests me, And the way I invite people to look at it is like we start these businesses because we want more ease and freedom in our lives. And this is exactly what that helps people to create, right? Imagine setting up these systems that
1: then get to work for you in the background. Oh, yeah. My highest performing articles are two articles, that between the two of them they consistently bring in about $5,000 a month from affiliate links oh, wow. embedded in these articles ones from 2013 ones from 2016 <laughs> the only thing i do is go in and just make sure the affiliate links are still linking to products that you know are available right. to purchase and that's it that's it <laughs> <laughs> like that just sums
0: everything like $5,000 a month that is more than most people make working full time and that's Two pieces of content. Yeah, that's I call that, that my my
1: crypto cash. That all goes into investments. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like that is so. I love it. So, and that from that perspective, like the tech side of things interests me from a place of like automation Mm -hmm. just like ease and it's like this is set up and then it gets to keep working on like I love talking to people about funnels and I know that it's Mm -hmm. not very sexy and it's like this thing that my clients they wait and wait and wait until they set up their first funnel and they do it and they're like oh
1: why didn't I that's SEO I know exactly what you mean no I think (laughs) exactly Okay, to me, optimization, whether it's a funnel, whether it's making sure the back end of your website is set up to be connected to Google, because like once you do it, you're done. You don't have to redo right. this over and over. And actually, Google doesn't do major algorithmic updates more than like once every five to seven years. Wow. And when they do, when people hear like, oh my gosh, there is an update, they're usually updating something having to do with like just the streamlined capability of the software. For example, let's say, um, new smartphones come out and like the screen sizes change, what the algorithm will do is take into account mobile usability. So it's like, they'll start showing more websites that have a better mobile interface. And that's like what the out, what the update will be. It will has nothing like the algorithm itself has never changed. It's all about providing value and just making sure that your content lets Google know what your content is about. And now though, as technology has advanced and the hardware has caught up with the software, it does matter if it's easy to scroll, easy to look at. Are there a bunch of annoying pop-ups on your website? Like can people easily look through your website and find what they're looking for? Those are what those updates are that you always hear about. And people like, oh my gosh, is everything set up. It's like, as long as you can scroll it on a phone, you're good. Like it's, yeah. Typically nothing more than that. So there's to me though, surgeon engine optimization, funnels, all of those things are very much in alignment with like the feminine, feminine yes. energy that I yes. very much subscribe to. Because feminine energy is letting someone else do the heavy lifting while I sit back and receive.
0: And by someone you mean like robots. Exactly. <laughs> <Algorithms>. <laughs> not that the beauty of having an online business in 2021? Yes, um, I love what you just said because <laughs> typically we think about all this stuff as being the masculine.
1: It is. The algorithm is very masculine to me. Um, and that's it- what I love about it is I feel like as we, as women, we interface with these things so well because once we figure out how they work, kind of like once we figure out how men work, they're so <laughs> much easier to interface with because it- it's a love language, you know?
0: Right. <laughs> Like it's masculine, but it also allows for the feminine, which is like set it up and then live your best life.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's the, well, that's what healthy masculine is. It's strong and it's a leader and it allows for the feminine to do her thing.
0: (laughs) I love the way you've connected like this, you know, all these just value bombs about SEO that you've just... Told us about over the last ten or fifteen minutes (laughs) into like immediately going into like and it's such a feminine energy like the way you connected that (laughs) was brilliant I loved it. Um, I want to know from your business, like your business model, which uh, you said you have this free course and it's always been free. What role does that play within what I assume is sort of your funnel, like? Um, just kind of getting uh, uh, how y- how it is that you've used what it is that you teach to scale you know, and build your own business and income. So I'm assuming that people are still finding you through your evergreen content. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that content leads them to a freebie uh, course that you've told us about. Uh, and then what does it look like from there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I would say strategic partnerships have been a huge part of my business. So partnering up with other people, um, other business owners who have agencies who have, you know, like they design websites and then they need someone to come in and do the SEO or their marketing manager and like their clients doing well on Instagram, but you know, something happens and like their account will get locked on accident for a week and they freak out because their revenue stream is dried up and they're like, oh my gosh, we need a website. So (laughs) I I partner a lot with other agency owners and I support a lot of agencies with that. So what happens with the – a lot of times what happens with the funnel as far as that goes is I have people drop in there from that and then they'll just reach out to me and say – I was trying to figure out how to do SEO for my clients, or I was looking for something to hand over to my VA so she can do my SEO, or it's actually a lot of higher level business owners who find me on accident. And then, and then they're like, wait a second, can I just hire you to do this for me? So that, and then also, um, a lot of it has just been, networking through that, I would say being on podcasts, you know, a lot of people just find me from my content that I've put out. So I would say that the free course is really sort of an introduction just to me, what I offer, and the whole idea that search engine optimization is something that you really need for your business and it's absolutely doable. And it's absolutely something that kind of not kind of that I was just like trying to be nice about it, that needs to be done immediately for lack of
0: (laughs) All right, without I'm, I, pushing I anybody it. to do
1: work. <laughs> And the reason I say that is because every single entrepreneur and driven, successful woman I know spends so much time on her content. Like you were saying, yeah. you could never write more copy again and you'd have content for days. So much work and yet they're leaving money on the table by yeah. not accessing. I mean, I looked at this the other day. What was it? They're billions, billions of search queries put into Google every single day. Yeah. Imagine like how many <laughs> of your ideal clients are on there
0: well, looking for you. Oh, and it's so funny because like this year, I, at the beginning of the year, I got a little bit into Facebook ads and mm. I don't know, I might go back to it, but it it was getting to this point where a lead was between like 20 and $30. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them didn't lead anywhere, you yeah. know, whereas what you're talking about is like a set it and forget it. Like you're not continuing to pay yeah. for leads through this.
1: <laughs> it's just- because I can't think of a single person who doesn't like have a blog or a website now, like even individual people are now their own brand. And yeah. if people can't find you anywhere, but Instagram, it's kind of like, oh, is that all, you know, like what else do they do? Like, how do I find you? And my mentality around it is like, this is never, you know, like my leads are never going to dry up. Just like anyone who is a coach or a course creator, your leads are never going to dry up. And the reason I say this is because as me, as a person who is such an expert in a specific field, I spent, I'm just going to be honest with y'all right now, during the pandemic, I was so desperate to figure out like, what do I do? How do I get in the mindset to learn how to teach? Cause I'm not a teacher. Mm -hmm. I'm very technical. I know like if someone gives me a project, I can execute it and we're good to go. I can tell you what I did, but I'm, I'm not a teacher. So for me to learn how to teach other people about SEO, I spent $15,000 on coaches and courses in 2020 just to get started. And I've spent more than that this year because I realized I'm never going to stop learning how to be better at communicating. Mm -hmm. And so if think about that. You, you start off with this idea of like, oh yeah, there's all these entry level people who like need mindset teaching, need how to learn how to make funnels. But then imagine these women, when they get to their next level, they're going to have more money to spend on even more stuff like that yeah. to get. So you're never like your well of leads is never going to dry up because if you're getting people in on the entry level and you're inspiring them to keep going, they're going to need more help when they get to their next level. Yeah. So that's kind of and- my, my mindset around it is I have it out there and not to be woo-woo about it but I really feel like the right people find me at the right time like that has happened consistently consistently yes. I've had people find me at the right time.
0: Well, and this is again where I do love to talk to people about the marketing because having the setup that you have leads to this mindset of like my my well of leads will never dry up. It right? just like, won't. That's a fact. The, it's not
1: me just being optimistic. Right.
0: <laughs> But but it also, because that's your belief, you know that energetically you're putting that out there and it is your experience in more and more and more ways. I'm, I'm sure it just yes. keeps evolving into more people finding you, you know, like the well isn't just not drying up. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger because of that belief yeah. for you. But um, like, I think probably one of the number one things that clients of mine, especially people that are newer to their businesses, one of the biggest obstacles they come up against is, you know, the opposite of like how do I find people to talk to, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, how do I build my audience if I don't have one yet? Or I have a small audience, but I don't know if they're the people that I need to be talking to that are going to be interested in this. Like, so yeah, I love that. And um, I wanted to ask for you, you know, what does, oh, I remember, actually I was, as you're talking, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many things I need to (laughs) say. So I'm all over the place. But um, it was interesting listening you talk about learning to teach because- I, my background was teaching mm-hmm. and that was actually the thing that came very easily to me. It was all the other stuff that I didn't know how to do in terms of copywriting and packaging it all together and launching things and, you know, drawing people into my audience that I needed to know mm-hmm. <laughs> how to do. So it's funny because I've almost always just taken that part for granted where the teaching part was what was easy, <laughs> it was the mm-hmm. getting people. But um, for you, what does, because It's, it's very interesting that you're obviously, you know, very spiritual and understand the uh, just energy feminine side of things, but your business is all about helping people with the masculine. So Mm -hmm. what does that, what does that balance that sort of dance, if you will, look like in your business or how do you think
1: about it? Well, so some of these methods I've actually borrowed from men and I've noticed that whenever I have to step into or access my masculine energy, I've noticed that men have this thing they do. I've never noticed any man that didn't do this. I've seen my dad do this. Everyone do this. I've noticed when they come home from work or when they're done working, they have to have like this decompression time before they're able to like talk to their wives or talk to their girlfriends or like get you know play with their kids or whatever it is. And I discovered I actually discovered this by listening to this book, super old book. People I'm sure people think this book is ridiculous, but it is one of the like single most helpful books I've ever read was Men Are From Mars Women Are From Venus. And it talks about how men and women have different languages. Like men are Martians and women speak Venusian. And if you can just understand what they're trying to say, you realize it's no, there's no longer any conflict. It's just a matter of miscommunication. So for me, whenever I have to really dive deep into like the technical, the algorithmic, the masculine side of my business, I set up blocks of time, four-hour blocks of time, absolutely un- uninterrupted, where I only work on that. And I have a ritual that I do where I get into that mode, where I get into that masculine mindset. So, I actually kind of just copy what I've noticed men do to get into their masculine like mindsets which they're in all the time. But I've noticed that they they're very one-track mind-minded and I thought, what if I got one-track minded when I was having to do masculine things? Then I do a ritual when i'm done with that 4-hour time block, 4 days a week, that pulls me back into being the feminine and i don't feel torn. I don't feel because what i was noticing is i would try to be doing all this technical algorithmic work on the back end of clients websites and any little thing that pulled me out of my focus, i got really snappy about. Phone calls, emails, anything that would come up. I was noticing that normally i'm very patient, i'm very I'm very spacious. I have lots of space for people to talk about their feelings and their thoughts. And I love doing that. That's my natural state. But I noticed when I was doing any sort of masculine minded activity, I kind of was acting like a man as far as like when my attention was getting fractured, I got really annoyed. So I thought, what if I just fully step into that? And then I have my little ritual when I come out of it, kind of like a guy does, to turn, like go back into my natural state so some of the things I do is like when I'm getting ready to go into my masculine mindset I notice some of the things like the men that I look up to or my mentors or other men in business that I talk to the types of things that they do to get into that mindset so one someone I know when he's getting ready to work he takes his watch off because the watch will like click on the side of the keyboard and it distracts him so I notice anything like that anything that's gonna fracture my attention I get into that and I stay in that, and I do not come out of the office, come out of my little corner, come out of that status, and I don't apologize for it. I don't let myself feel guilty for, oh, did you wash those clothes? You should have loaded the dishwasher. Do you need to change your sheets? Oh, I need to get a blowout. No girly things. No girly things yeah. allowed in my brain during that time, because then you just start feeling guilty about what you're doing, and then you don't produce good work. It's ridiculous. <laughs> we beat ourselves up for feeling bad. It's just feminine thing that we do. I know. I it's know. totally normal. Every woman does it. Every woman does it. I always say like men have to learn how to give, and women have to learn how to receive. And you would think that that mm-hmm. would be easy, but I think we're only <laughs> able to receive to the degree we believe we. We are worthy of receiving. Yes. That is a hundred percent it in a nutshell.
0: I completely agree. And what would you say? Because you know, you have a, a very successful business, and I love hearing about um how the pandemic sort of because most people I've had on here that's come up yeah. um, you know, this year, especially in the different pivots that uh, like i don't know it's just it's interesting everyone i seem to talk to about it that has a thriving business you know in 2021 they saw it as an opportunity mm-hmm. um but clearly there's been a lot of inner work for you or i presume oh, that gosh <laughs> so yeah I, I, I don't think anyone escapes <laughs> it what i mean i know this is not like a two sentence kind of answer to a question, Mm -hmm. to this question. I can try. (laughs) um, Yeah. Like, I mean, what would you say has been the most significant inner shift that you've intentionally created for not just your, yourself, but for the business, uh, you know, and the goals that you have in your business?
1: I, okay. I'm actually might be able to answer this in two sentences. Oh my God. (laughs) The number one thing was I'm the only thing keeping me from having what I want. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That was it, and I know that sounds so like stupidly simple. But when that clicked for me, I was like, "Rachel, you're not giving yourself permission. Like, no one's stopping you." And I kid you not, the minute I gave myself permission, I got so many things. I got a Forbes feature. I got a like my my press uh, PR agency is like um, we're working on getting like verification for Instagram right now that's going to happen in october i got asked to come and speak at a mastermind retreat in cabo like all expenses paid i got asked to like co-host this huge women's network chapter in nashville like i tell you from i kid you not it was like a 30 day thing i was like i give my self permission to have whatever i want and then, mm. then it just happened like i spent these years i'm like getting emotional about it I spent these years like building up everything I knew and building up all of this this information. And it, it was like you, Rachel Rachel, like you spend all of your time like helping other women like come into their own and amplify their voices and get seen by millions and millions of people on the internet. And like, but you won't let yourself do that. Why? You can't preach this believably if you are not actually doing it yourself. Because You know, we always say like, oh, I feel like a fraud. I feel like an imposter. Maybe it's because you are. Maybe it's because you might be preaching what you believe, but you're not actually living it. And that's what I was doing. I was, I knew I was, I knew what I was doing. I was giving great advice, but I wasn't freaking following my own advice. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) I think we all do that to an extent, often without real, like the number of times on a coaching call, I'll say something to a client and then I write it down. Like,
1: Damn, that was good advice. I need to take that. If only I was doing this. If only I was this badass boss bitch, I was telling everyone else to (laughs) be.
0: Literally. I talk about permission all the time. But what you're saying there about, you know, just deciding because okay. I fully, fully, fully agree with you about the only thing it in your way is you. Mm -hmm. Only thing. And I've really taken that on in my own life and business, except that it has kind of morphed over the years from Not so much about anything external. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, well, maybe the universe doesn't want me to have this (laughs) yet, right? And that's where like the power Mm -hmm. I've given it away. Like maybe it's just not divine timing yet. And it's like, but even that is like this kind of victim mentality. It is (laughs) because
1: it's putting it on – external forces. So this is, again, might sound woo-woo, but I feel like we're both uh, in agreement. That oh my gosh. woo. Like, so <laughs> but this is the thing. You look at the world and the way that things work and people and connections and quote-unquote coincidences, and I'm, I'm like, you can't tell me there's not woo-woo. Like, there Like is. I see it. <laughs>
0: So oh, we dive far <laughs> into blue here, like if we've had. it. Trust me, there's nothing you could say that would surprise any. I mean, I don't think so, anyways. <laughs> I just,
1: the, I just have this belief that it's like if you're resisting what you really want to be. I think our natural state is to be happy. Our natural state is to like yes. be on this happy path and in a happy mood. And there's this book. Oh, who is it? Who wrote it? Lauren. Lauren Martin, I don't remember, but it's called The Book of Moods. And she talks about how our natural state is being on a happy path. And the only thing that pulls us off are these random waves of sadness or moods that we as women seem to get. Like, I'll be happy one moment and the next minute I'll be in a mood. And for the longest time, I couldn't figure out what it was. And then it occurred to me one day that it's triggers there are these triggers things that happen in life and business your boyfriend your coworker whatever it is they do something and it's not even the thing that they did but what happens is it triggers something in you that you haven't addressed recognized and healed and worked through that's what it is and so what it does is it knocks you off your happy path because triggers show you things within yourself that you need to work on laura the the author her name's Lauren too. She talks about how they're like sharp corners that keep cutting you until you, until you like sand them down.
0: Right. Oh, that's good.
1: Yeah. And I, i so fully believe that, that I think our natural status is to be happy and aligned and all of these things, but you can't actually know what your true happiness state is if you aren't constantly running into things that are making you work on your traumas, making mm-hmm. you work on the things you need to level up. So no, you won't always be in your happy, perfect state, but you will be more so in that if when you get triggered, instead of allowing yourself to downward spiral into you know, a shame well or whatever you want to call it, you recognize what the trigger was and maybe what it's reflecting for you to work on. And maybe the trigger will trigger you for a year before you're able to figure out what it is. I know for me, I've had, there is one trigger that took me a good two years to recognize what exactly it was I hadn't worked on. But over the last couple of months, I've really worked on it hard. And there were just, you're going to spend hours crying and being upset. But the reason it's so tumultuous is because it's like a deep one. It's a deep wound you're having to work on. And if you go ahead and do it, if you go ahead and do that work, yeah, you might get triggered in the future, but you'll know how to deal with it then. And yep. I think we do a disservice to ourselves. Women have this incredible capacity for pain. <laughs> I think we have incredible capacity for pain, but we torture ourselves to no end with emotional pain. And I think part of our capacity allows us to be some of the most tortured individuals you'll ever meet. <laughs> And that's part all- of the getting yeah. out of my own way thing. It's like, yes. why do I make myself suffer? Like, why am I doing this? I don't want anyone else to suffer. You know, we're nurturers. We want to make sure everyone's safe, everyone's happy, everyone's fed. You know, is everything okay? But we don't do that for ourselves. And I think that's that was the thing about giving myself permission is like, why do I make myself suffer? Like, why do I do this?
0: Ugh, story of all of our lives. Uh, yes. Is not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have two more questions for you, Rachel. I feel like I could talk to you forever. Like I just
1: Okay, I'll try <laughs> to make it, it quick.
0: All. Uh, no, no, that's okay. I I, um first wanted to ask where can people uh connect with you and what does it look like to actually work with you?
1: Yeah, of course. So on Instagram at the Kennedy Curate and then online thekennedycurate.com. And so on that website is Everything about how to work with me, the free SEO course, all of these articles about femininity in business and feminine mindset. And my just, I've poured out in articles, even like about my experiences last year of like spending all this money on coaches and courses. And I even wrote this article about how to find out if a coach or course is right for you. So, pretty much all the content you see on there is from me trying and failing (laughs) and writing about it. So, that's where you can find pretty much everything about me, thekennedycurate.com. And then if you want to work with me, I have a page. It's right up there at the top. It says book services or explore services. And you can find out everything that I offer there.
0: Amazing. Okay. Um, I'm gonna link all of that down below for you guys. I'm gonna be checking out because <laughs> actually like what we're talking about today is just I'm really I'm I was literally writing an email to my list earlier today about just a big structure change that's coming in my business. And mm-hmm. I can see how valuable, you know, SEO would be mm-hmm. given just the business model I've been working on building. And uh, yeah, so it's exciting. I often ask my guests as we're jumping off, I like to put them on, a sp- on the spot a little bit, <laughs> but if you could leave our audience with anything today, maybe something that, you know, is top of mind for you right now or just something that you really believe in, what would it be?
1: Honestly, <laughs> Do it imperfectly. Like, (laughs) just take action on something. It's your first one is not going to be good. And I use, I mean, think about every female celebrity that we super duper look up to and are like just multimillionaires now. (laughs) Like the like the Kardashians. Even like it is a running joke how they look nothing like they did when they started. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, their bank account balances don't either. Like that didn't stop them. So it just. Do it imperfectly. That's it. (laughs) That's my advice.
0: Completely agree. Like, I mean, I'm personally still doing lots of things imperfectly. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Everyone is. Yeah, exactly. That's how you learn.
1: Even these huge companies. I mean, think about it. Like, think about how people make fun of these huge successful companies all the time. Even Apple. I can't think of the last time people don't complain about how the right cords aren't in the box when you get it. That doesn't stop (laughs) people from going out and figuring out how to make it work. Like, it's not even about you know doing everything perfectly it's about like do you know who you're trying to reach and are you at least at the bare minimum like have a product that is addressing their biggest thing that they need you know and then just work on iterations of making it better just focus on your one thing focus on your one thing test it exhaustively and just focus on making that one thing better I know it doesn't sound fun (laughs) we got all get shiny object syndrome but, but if you just do that, I promise you, it's like unlocking. It's it's a key to unlock so much more than you ever thought that you could have.
0: I completely agree, and I love that. I don't think anyone has ever left the episode with that. So that was just perfect. Thank you so much, Rachel. I loved talking to you. I already feel like you might be a repeat guest if you'll Yay, have us. Yay, of course. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, guys, check her out in the. Um, all the show note links. I'll put everything there. Follow her on Instagram. And I just really appreciate your time and your wisdom and your generosity today. Thank you so much.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I really enjoyed being on the show.
0: Awesome. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or you got value from it, it would mean the world to me if you'd share it on your Instagram stories and give the podcast a five-star review, which helps me to get this message out into the ears and the hearts of those who can benefit from it. And I'll see you guys next episode.